the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. This is Ryan Anderson. I am the CEO of Filevine from Salt Lake City, and this is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Well, Jim, uh, that was uh, what I would consider to be a fantastic episode. I mean, I ended the episode with my exposition on why I like Filevine and why I respect Ryan so much. I mean, I just think he's so down to earth. And, you know, I spent a weekend with a bunch of CEOs of tech startups, and he is the most down to earth that I've met. He seems like a regular person in the old George Bush nomenclature, the kind of guy you'd like to go have a beer with. Um, just real practical. I think he's really listening. When you and I were giving suggestions, he was actually taking notes about ways to improve the product. When he was at the conference and we went over our 99 things to stop doing, he was writing down notes. I think he's he's just a stellar individual and it's a, it's a great company. It's interesting. Um, and he, he, he stayed until the end and he texted me after the 99 problems presentation and he was like, this was just amazing. Like he just, he was blown away by it. And I I think it's just so fantastic. Um, he's willing to learn. He's listen, willing to listen. Bioline's willing to listen. Um, we sound like we're fanboys, but it's just because we like the product a lot. I, I feel like we sound like Ryan McKean now. That's what it is. Right. We, sound like we, can never, we, we can never reach Ryan McKean levels of fanboydom. But I did I did want to ask him about those questions that people are complaining about, about the outages and about the onboarding. And it sounds, as as I figured, that they were they were addressing both of those in big ways. Well, it's interesting. I had not heard many complaints recently. Um, I, and I don't know if you noticed it too, like there's not been a lot of complaints about the onboarding. And I, I figured right. they had figured something out and it sounds like they have. So enjoy the episode, everyone. Listen to it for the business advice. Uh, it is so good. Hope you enjoy it. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, I can't think of a better way to end our day of recording multiple podcasts, especially a week after seeing him on stage. Our guest today is the one and only Ryan Anderson of Filevine. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm good. Nice to uh, see you both, Jim and Tyson. So, Ryan, I enjoyed, I, I, I enjoyed Max Lockon, by the way. It was fantastic. And I had some great barbecue at a at a restaurant just outside the hotel. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Hickson, maybe? Could that be right? Something like that. Anyway, it was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, it would not be amazing without Filevine. So, thank you for the sponsorship of Filevine. It, it's what made it happen. So, really, really 
appreciate it. But so we've had you on a few times now, but I guess will you tell people who you are if they don't know who you are already? Yeah, yeah. So I am the CEO of Filevine. I have been doing this job for a little over seven years now. Um, we launched in March of 2015. Before that, I practiced law, mostly personal injury, predominantly personal injury, although I did do some class action labor law work, specifically around like misclassification cases, and uh, built Filevine right out of uh, my need to kind of run my firm better. Um, and so that's where it came from. And But after after working on it for 18 months to, to two years, decided, hey, I, you know, I think my friends seem to like this thing and it seems to work well for me. And so I decided to make a go of it. And uh, I've been doing this full time now for several years. Earlier today, Tyson and I were talking and he was trying to get his mind around the idea of either stopping practice law and focusing more on his firm versus, you know, going all in on being the litigator. I can't imagine running a law firm and starting a piece of software, but what advice do you have for Tyson and the other people in the in the guild and the overall big group who are wondering, how do I juggle and how do I decide? Oh, well, for sure, I couldn't do it without partners, Tyson. There's, um, you know, the firm has long since been taken over by great partners who are partners of mine and, and have made it work. There's a lot of folks over there, but yeah, I mean, it, it can't be done solo. There's no question about that. So it's it's a large support group of people that help make something like that happen. I could start naming names, but it would be a very long list <laughs> because it, it the reality is it takes a lot of people who supported me in my journey. And so I would surround yourself with those kinds of people if you're trying to make that kind of a transition. And lastly, I would also say like, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, there's, it takes time, right? You can't exit yourself completely from one thing one day to the next. It takes time and a transition period. And I think you should be forgiving with yourself. I think sometimes we sort of kind of pretend as if the only true way to do it is go whole hog and cut yourself off immediately from whatever your former life was. And if you're not doing that, well, gosh, you're just not being tough enough about this decision and you're not going in headfirst gosh, that, that's really unrealistic. And I think a bad idea, um, you know, a steady drawdown of the old thing and a steady uptick of the new thing, I think is the right way to do it. Although it is challenging, but I think it's the right way to do it. And, and it makes sense. You know, somebody asked me kind of, when, when did you feel comfortable leaving the practice of law? And I would say when we had product market fit uh, at Filevine. And what I mean by that is the product could sell itself pretty well. And I didn't need to wonder, oh my gosh, is this going to work? I knew that that we had enough good things going on with the product, that it was going to be something, how big and how impactful it was going to be. That was very much an open question and, and still is, right? I'm still working on it every day. But I knew I had product market fit. I knew Filevine was, was going to be successful to some degree. I would say that's how you should look at it. That same dividing line. I mean, you know, in tech, it's product market fit, but but really, you know, that's a nice concept for professionals who are going from one professional arena, uh, maybe from being a litigator to a CEO. Once you realize that the new thing you're doing, maybe CEO of your law firm is something that you want to do full time and you think the firm can kind of manage without you, then I would make that shift more forcefully. But until then, I would I would take your time and get things put in place. So at MaxLawCon 2021, you, you spoke about building a rock star executive team. And I just... As soon as you you did it, I latched onto it. And you just mentioned like the partners with your old law firm. Yeah. Would you say you built the law firm the same way that you that you built Fileline with the executive team built out, or is is do you think that that's different? Do you think you should do it in a different manner? I think it's quite a bit different. 
I think it's quite a bit different if I'm being honest. You know, there are some really important similarities uh, between law firms and businesses that uh, I think lawyers often overlook and to their detriment. And I think Max Lawcon is really good at pointing those out. But we should be honest and, and clear-eyed about some of the differences, which are pretty significant. At a law firm, a very large part of the value comes from the people who are actually doing the work and working the cases. And the talents that you build up over a period of time are just so much more. So Tyson, I'm sure you're much better and faster and more effective litigator than you were five, 10 years ago. And I'm sure the same is true in your immigration practice, Jim. And so, you know, the, the speed with which you can act and, and the impact that you can make in a, in a shortened period of time for your clients, that's, that's a skill and a craft that you build up and is to some degree personal to the lawyer. And that is quite a bit different in a, in a business that sells a product. There are executives that come in that that really have no, that, that have never worked in legal, right? Um, most of our executives have never worked in legal. Our CFO has never worked in legal. Uh, our head of sales has never worked in legal. They don't know anything about lawyers except what they've learned at FileLine. And so it is, it is a little bit more interchangeable uh, in that regard. So I think it is different. I think it's a little bit different. Last year, when I went to LegalX, I was quite surprised and really excited about the fact that you guys were making lots of changes to the software and that the changes that you were making were in response to feedback from customers of FileVine. Specifically, I'm thinking about the drag and drop with the documents, which our team just yep. loves. But there were a bunch of things that I know you guys listened and then fixed. And a lot of times software companies don't always do that. And I want to ask you about two things that that we hear about a lot. And you know, you're not going to find many fans of Filevine more than us, but the two things that are on people's radar right now. And I asked my team saying I was going to be talking to you on the podcast. Yeah. Um, one is the the sort of outages that we've been yep. seeing with the software. And then the other one, the real one is the onboarding, how long it's taking to get people on. People love the product. People are dying to use it. And then it just takes a really long time to get them onto the platform. And what are you guys doing to help fix those things? Yeah, let's start with the outages. Certainly, those are just foundational. And if we can't deliver a stable, reliable product to our customers, then we're failing sort of job one. And so that's a very big deal to me. So I'll just tell you what we're doing to address it. But but for, for context... Filevine has something on the order of over 99% uptime in a year. Now, when we're out in the middle of the day on a Wednesday for an hour, which I think happened uh, several weeks ago, it sure doesn't feel like that, right? So, uh, it, you know, uh, I completely understand it during peak hours to be down is just going to feel absolutely awful. If it makes you feel any better, it feels awful to 100% of the people here during that time. And everyone kind of can't breathe until that gets fixed. So, but we are doing things to address it. So a lot of it is just a scale issue. So I'll get into the weeds a little bit here, probably more than I should, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because I, I figure your crowd and this, this community is a little bit more tech forward than most. So Filevine was built uh, in 2015 on an original architecture that was really great up to a certain number of customers. And as we continue to grow, there were, there are definitely different ways we would have built the architecture. And for customers that have come on board in the last year or two, uh, definitely the last 18 months, they're on new architecture. And to be perfectly candid, that architecture is more reliable and faster 
But the old architecture still houses the vast majority of our customer base. Um, all new customers are going onto the new architecture and it's it's just in a much better place. But we are working on ways to get the new the old customers onto the new architecture as soon as possible. In the meantime, there are simple fixes we can make to just basically kind of ramp up or, or kind of put uh, more fuel on the on the fire to make sure that Favine can handle uh, the press of the day-to-day needs that it gets. So, you know, when there's a thousand law firms on our first set of architecture, we're probably closer to 1500 and it's the middle of a, of a Wednesday and everyone's jamming on it and the API calls are hitting it left and right, that can be a challenge. Um, but there are things we can do with the servers to kind of ramp up and make sure that it, it doesn't happen during the day like that. And we've done a bunch of those things. In fact, yesterday, I know we added eight web servers to Filevine. So Filevine should feel quite a bit faster today than it did even a couple of days ago. And we just find ourselves having to continue to do those things on our old architecture until uh, we can get our kind of legacy users moved over to the new stuff. So I wish the answer weren't that. And I hate to make the people who've been with us the longest be in the worst position, but uh, we are moving them over as fast as possible. It's all good. And, you know, when we had that outage on that Wednesday, we got everybody onto Zoom and we did a piano man sing around. So it was a lot oh. of fun. <laughs> Try to make it fun. Um, oh, Ryan, what about the, uh, oh, what about the onboarding? onboarding? Yeah. So uh, we actually have pretty significant thing to discuss on that front. And by the way, you know, your listeners probably already know this about you, but this was not planned. Like I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know you guys were going to ask me this question. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry for throwing it at you. I knew you no, could handle it. No, no, no. I'm just trying to, yeah. What, what I'm about to say is a, actually a pretty significant thing. And so, um, so, you know, your, um, your community is going to hear it first as they often do. So about six months ago, Filevine made the strategic decision to onboard fewer and fewer of our customers ourselves and instead utilize um, partners throughout the legal tech community to do that onboarding. And gosh, the response has been just through the roof of, of partners who've uh, decided to do that. So there's companies all over the country now that do this for us. There's a company called Bespokian. I'm going to miss some, but Vintegrate, VineSkills, Tech, uh, Legal Devs. I'm hoping I'm hitting all the ones that currently do them. Fuel Digital. Anyway, there's there's a Red Pepper is another. So the ones who didn't get named are going to be mad at me. But there's several of these companies that are now taking on the work of onboarding our customers because the reality is we just can't hire enough people to do it ourselves. It's just, it, it would be physically impossible. Filevine would have to have three times the number of implementers that we have today. We'd have, we'd, yeah, that, that'd be four fifths of the company in, in numbers. And so it just doesn't make sense. So instead of training individual people to implement customers, what we do now is train partners to implement customers. And what we found is that that is working a lot better for a bunch of reasons. Our business is building software. That's what we do every single day. That's what we're committed to doing. That's what I think about. I can tell you, and I think most people sort of know this about me, but I think about Filevine all the time to a degree that is probably unhealthy. And mostly what I'm thinking about is how can we make it better? But that's, and then we've gotten really good at making good software, but we're not nearly as good at, at being sort of IT folks who help people set up software. And that's just not our business model. So if you were to buy Filevine today, you would not get implemented by Filevine. You would get implemented by a Filevine partner that you choose. And we've noticed significant increases in sort of the customer happiness through that journey with partners. So really excited to kind of uh, let the world know that. We've never really announced it, but that's that's what we've been doing. So to give you a sense, last month, I think 
the large majority of our deals that are were sort of um, larger scales, what we'd consider a mid-market or an enterprise size law firm, the majority of those all signed up to be implemented by partners. So that's how it's mostly happening now. I mean, it's a brilliant idea. It's something that uh, Infusionsoft, Jim and I are really familiar with how ah. they onboarded people. And I don't know if they're still doing it that way, but they they relied heavily on partners and that's how they onboarded people was through partners. So I think it's a brilliant idea. My question is actually similar to that. You made a big announcement over last week um, at the conference, which was pretty awesome. I'll, I'll let you say what that is in a second. But the question is more about the R&D part of things. I mean, you all are constantly developing new ideas and it's it's you're constantly changing. It's really interesting about, I was mentioning I I'd mentioned to you a long time ago, and I'm not saying that you did it because I asked you, but I'd asked you a while ago about like a, a button where you could copy the address right inside the contact card. And that exists now. And I don't know if you did it because of the feedback from people or you all just did it because you knew it was something that was necessary. But it's really interesting to see how you all constantly, you get feedback and then you implement these things. I'm sure that you get a lot of terrible ideas too. So how do you maintain that constant like philosophy of, of you know, develop? the product, making it better, because you can look at, I'm not going to mention them, there are softwares out there that look the exact same way they did 10 years ago. Like it is with, with minor, minor tweaks to it, right? It's kind of crazy how they never develop and it just stays the same. So how do you maintain that? Because that is not an easy thing to maintain. Oh my gosh. So first, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. And actually, Tyson, I think I remember you telling me that. And I do think it may well have come from me because you know I meet with the product team all the time. And uh, I, I think it's actually quite likely that that made its way yes. from you to me and, and then into the product. Because um, I remember us- You're discussing. just saying that to make me feel good, but that's fine. No, that's I can tell you, uh, there are definitely features I can point to where uh, you know a customer was very- very persuasive in what we should do when we did it. But let me just start by saying it's sort of counterintuitive. And this is something I had no idea before I started this journey. Software gets harder to build the more software you build. And it sort of makes sense when you think about it. If you build a feature, that first feature you build, you feel really great. You're like, man, this is really easy. I don't know why all software companies can't build a feature in a, in a day or two, because you can go really fast on that first feature or two or three. But every feature you build has to work with every other feature you build. You know, I had a we had a customer we're actually going to release pretty soon. Um, gosh, I better not get ahead of my marketing team. But we're releasing a, an improvement that wasn't too that's not too significant, but I think everyone will really like uh, here in the week in the next week or two. And that came it came directly from a customer who really wanted it and it made a bunch of sense to us, so we did it and it's ready to go. And that customer's like, well, all you need is this little indication uh, in this one area of file line. It should be easy. And you start saying, well, well, no, when you search, you're also going to want to see that indication. Like, oh, yeah. And then like, oh, hey, well, when you want to report, you're going to want to see it there too. Yeah, we'll want to see it there too. You're probably going to want to see it in Project Hub. Yeah, we'll want to see it in Project Hub. Well, uh, how about like, you know, the contact card? We want to see that. Oh, well, yeah, it's got to be in the contact card. And I mean, every time you, you kind of see it, like it permeates the system, almost everything you do. So these things are just way harder than I ever thought. And everything got to work together. So software gets harder to build the more software you build. I'll say this too. You and Jim have a relentless focus on making yourselves and your firms better. And that was really evident at Max LawCon, which by the way, was, was something like a religious experience at the end was just so cool. But everyone there was so eager to improve. And I think that's because they're owners. And I'm an owner. I own Filevine and I care about it in the same way you all care about your law firms. And so, um, so a lot of that I think is founder drive. I think when you see these, these companies get purchased by PE shops, nothing wrong with that. 
but it's just hard for me to imagine that a private equity investor is going to bring the same level of passion and intensity to to growth in in that way, especially uh, when they haven't experienced the problems that I've personally experienced. I'll also say this: we have when we announced our raise, there was some discussion on one of the on, on one of the blogs. I think it was it was either the Facebook group or maybe even your group. And somebody in the group said, "I wonder how much of that raise is going to new salespeople." And you know, I try and stay away from these things. Obviously, that, that's probably not a good place for me to be. But the reality is, Filevine probably spends two to three x the amount of money on development than we do on sales. It's way, way more. Uh, we, we, may, we may spend too much for the size of our company, if I'm being honest. But it's because I, as a founder, am so intensely sort of driven by delivering a good experience to our users. So I can tell you the engineering department is by far not even close. The most costly, I guess, the most expensive division in the company by far, um, because that's what we care about. So a lot of it's just a question of resources. The very last thing I'll say is I think we've tried to hire people, you know, I'm sure both of you and, and for the law firms that are part of Max Lawcon, they, the best ones, the best lawyers care about their clients, like legitimately care about their clients. I heard Jim say something that stuck with me at the conference. He said, you know, if you're giving this advice to immigrants, yeah, they may not use you, but you should still care about immigrants. Uh, And I thought like, this is genuine care. I genuinely care that somebody's life become a little bit easier because of a product that I had something to do with. And I think the people who work here generally do. You know, I think we, we really try and solve for that in the hiring process. We try and find curious people who are passionate about the problem, um, even if they didn't come from legal. And I, I hope that's reflected in the way we, we go about solving these problems. Running your own practice can be scary, whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want, and we'll show you how to become a maximum lawyer in minimum time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer podcast. Our guest today is the CEO of Filevine, Mr. Ryan Anderson. As long as we're making product improvement plugs, I have a little one of my oh, own. Please, go ahead. Yeah. I'm always trying to copy and paste the Filevine at matter address, you know, that email address. And if there was a little copy button, so I didn't have to highlight it on my phone and just could copy it and then go paste it into an email, that would be stellar. Can I ask you a quick follow-up? Sure. Are you on the Outlook plugin? Are you on Outlook? No, I'm just, I just uh, use it, the, the Chrome extension or, you know, like I'm talking about on my phone. I don't use it. On Outlook. your phone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so but are Outlook, you a Gmail user or an Outlook user? Gmail. So we have a mobile uh, Gmail plugin. Uh, it's, it's free. It's available right now. You can download it. You should, you should at least try that, but your idea is a really good one. So oh, I will. Should, yeah, no, that's yeah. great. So speaking of surrounding yourself with good people and spending money on the great talent, I was in the back of the room before you spoke and I was talking to Kane Elliott. So Tyson, I don't know if you know Kane's story, but this guy 
is a PhD. He was teaching at the University of Penn, an Ivy League school, and he found himself working three days a week. So he decided to intern at an insurance defense firm on asbestos. And basically, he organized all their files and systematized the whole law firm from top to bottom on a part-time job that he was doing literally at the start for 15 bucks an hour just for fun. I mean, this guy's clearly a genius. And I was talking to my I introduced him to my son because my son's getting his degree in English and in computer science. And they, those two literally were talking over my head and like, <laughs> like it was, it was great. So, I mean, he's brilliant. So I know that you're bringing in really, really smart people. And so talk to us a little bit more about that, Ryan, if you would, about just surrounding yourself with people that just think differently. Yeah. So look, if I'm good at anything. We talked about this. I, I think I'm a pretty good recruiter, but also I have absolutely no problem with the idea that there are a lot of people in this world who are better than me at almost everything. <laughs> um, that even recruiting where I think I'm, I'm, I'm more effective than some, I can tell you our head of recruiting is way better at recruiting than me. I don't know that there's a single job here that I do that there's not somebody here who does it better. Not a single one. And so I am just not, I'm just completely okay with the idea that I'm going to walk into a room and maybe, maybe I'm not even close to the smartest person in that room. And, you know, that can be scary for a lot of people. I think I, I've definitely seen that where, where people say, gosh, you know, are they going to outshine me or, or are they going to, you know, steal my clients or my customers or, or, or are they going to steal my ideas, which is about the dumbest thing you can think. But I, man, that doesn't bother me at all. I just consider myself super lucky to be around really smart people and find myself just, just kind of doing what it takes to, to bring them in the door and, and gather them uh, around me. Cause it, first of all, it makes me so much better. I'm a much better person for being around people like Kane Elliott. And you're absolutely right about him, but I just, I, I got a million things I can fix with myself. Um, everyone who knows me knows that, but ego about, about kind of bringing in people who are smarter than me and better than me in other areas. I, I don't think that's one of my issues. I, I think I, I'm pretty good at that. I love it. Um, Jim, I want to give you a tip. So what will solve your issue with your phone thing, right? So if you will create a zap, so we have our files when they're created, go into a new case phase. And then once it gets dragged into intake phase, we actually create a zap that takes that information, including that email address and pushes it, creates a Gmail contact. And so we can actually just start on my phone. I can start typing the, like we, we rename all of ours, oh. clients, first name, last name, and then at projects.filevine.com. So we just type, start typing in their name and it pops up automatically. So you don't have to copy anything. So just a little, That's little a great idea. Uh, you know, a little workaround. All right. So we want to be respectful of your time, Ryan. Honestly, I could talk to you for like another hour and a half because I'm really enjoying this chat. Give a plug for Filevine. Like give us give us your best plug for Filevine and then we'll we'll start to wrap things up. Yeah. So if you've looked at us in the past uh, and thought, gosh, I don't know if it's for me, what I would tell you is there are things that our software is going to do over the next six months that I just think will put us in a new category for legal software in, in how lawyers handle documents and how they draft documents and how they interact with the knowledge that's within their firm. Filevine took 
the idea of of what lawyers do on a day-to-day basis. And instead of kind of trying to copy what some other system has done and, and simply make it newer or put it in the cloud, we try to just kind of take a beginner's mindset and start from the beginning. And so Filevine looks different. It feels different. It doesn't look like another case management software. And that's largely due to the fact that we think we, we solved a bunch of problems from the ground up that you don't even know you have. For instance, uh, like email and task management. That may not be the first thing you look for in a case management system, but I can promise you those things like email management for lawyers who are getting two, 300 emails a day is so important. And so you will see dividends on your time that you never even imagined you you were missing if you look at our software and, and implement it uh, the right way. So I think you're going to get an industry-leading product that will, will change your firms in ways that you haven't even thought about yet. And you have got a founder leading that company who really cares about your success as, as a law firm owner. Great. So I, you did not make the announcement because you were talking and doing amazing other, like talking about other amazing other things, but um, you announced Jot at the conference. So do you, do you want to tell what that is real quick? I did. Yeah. And I should say Jot is probably like, a, we should probably consider it a code name. I've got my marketing people saying that we don't know if it's going to be called Jot yet, but um, so yeah, Filevine is kind of in beta stages of a voice assistant. So you can uh, literally have a voice interface with Filevine. You can make a task. You can even search for a project via uh, a voice interface within Filevine. We are super excited about it. I personally use it all the time already. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about something I need to do and I make a jot. And so uh, we demoed it at MaxLawCon. Uh, anybody can see the video there, but we're we're super excited about it. We think it's really going to revolutionize how people input their time, how people make tasks for themselves, make tasks for others. We just don't want a lawyer to ever have to say to themselves, oh my goodness, I didn't do that thing and I just forgot. That is the worst feeling in the world. It's just, it's an unforced error. And sometimes those unforced errors can be really costly to you and your clients. And we, we don't want that to happen. And we think Jot can pick up those unforced errors, those things you just forgot to do and get them into Filevine where you won't forget to do it. So we're excited to show people. Love it. Okay, I'm going to make my pitch for a feature. I would love a Kanban style board for my tasks. That's what I would want. So, okay. so. That's, that is a popular request. I'm writing it down. Love it. Uh, Very cool. All right. Yeah. While you're writing that down, I'll, I'm going to wrap things up. So that way we can get you out of here. I want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group. Listen, if you don't, if you need a case management system, sign up for FileLine. I'm telling you, it is the best one out there. I have, because of because of Jim and I having this podcast, I've gotten to, to tour and visit and see the ins and outs of a lot of different products. It's the best in the market, bar none. But if you want to uh, join us in the Facebook group, uh, join us there. A lot of great people there talking about FileLine and other case management systems. If you want a more high-level conversation, join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Jimbo, what's your hack of the week? Man, there are probably people, there are probably people listening to this podcast thinking that we're saying all these great things about Filevine because Ryan's on the show and because they sponsored the conference. That's actually not true. If I if I thought it was a shit product, I would say it was a shit product. I wouldn't take his money, but I would I would call it like I see it. And for those of you who don't know, Tyson and I started the Maximum Lawyer podcast with the goal of being Infusionsoft resellers. That was that's what we thought. We thought that lawyers could build their practice on Infusionsoft. And Infusionsoft was a piece of sales software that was really cool and had some really cool features, one of which looks an awful light, a lot like the Filevine feed. That was one of the main things we loved about Infusionsoft was that you could keep track of one case and all the notes and everybody could share them. That There wasn't other legal software that you could do that at the time. So we thought 
that we were going to start this podcast and we were going to convince all these lawyers to start using Infusionsoft to run their law firms. Well, guess what? We just picked the wrong software, right? We just picked the wrong <laughs> software. We didn't we didn't know about FileVine at the time. I mean, it was it was sort of around the time that FileVine started. So we are honest brokers. We call it like we see it. And we and everything that we've said here, I mean, FileVine has changed the way that my law firm is run. And we have taken over other law firms that were using Google Sheets and storing everybody's documents in people's emails. So I've seen the real world effects of working with a, a, re- a really powerful piece of software. So take that for what you will. My hack of the week is a book. It's called Storytelling with Data. I got the audio version. It's on Audible. And it's about how you can tell your story and convey information to clients, especially or to your team, all by using data in ways that are maybe not the way you're used to looking at data. Good stuff. That's great. Uh, really good stuff. And I and I echo everything you just said about Fava. Very good. Ryan, we, we always ask, and you hopefully you know yeah. this by now, we've had you on a couple of times. We always ask for a tip or a hack of the week. Do you have a tip or a hack for us? I do. Uh, so I'm going to make a, a plug for for fiction. Uh, there's a lot of great books on how to run your business. I am a reader of fiction. I find that fiction can tell me more about myself and the world than than uh, often a, a great self-help book can do. And I have got uh, one that I have absolutely loved. I think it's a few years old. Um, it's called The Overstory by Richard Powers. And it is uh, basically a story about trees, um, but it is really, really good. And I have never looked at trees the same way since. It's it's, it's a novel. It's it's a, a fiction novel. But boy, I, I I just thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, and I've quoted it to the team in, in many places. And I just think it's a, an incredibly well-written book. It's it, There's a, an impactful plot and narrative to it, but it also um, has quite a bit of science and intrigue around kind of uh, nature and, and specifically um the amazing uh, trees that are all around us that we don't even notice every day. So uh, that's my my hack. That's cool. Uh, this is somewhat only somewhat related. So I've, I'm going to mention this probably every every podcast until the 75 days are out. But I started 75 hard. Now this is the fourth day. And Amy and I went on a walk at lunch because we have to you have to do two 45 minute workouts, and one of them has to be outside. So we were walking. She said, "Hey," she was kind of joking, like, "Hey, it was, there was a magnolia tree." She said, "Hey, let's stop and smell the magnolia tree." And it smelled so it's like one of those things. I don't think I've ever smelled the flower on a magnolia tree before, but they smell amazing, right? And it was just like it was like this like aha moment. Like, oh, like I should stop and do and pay attention yeah. to what I'm doing on like on a daily basis. Like, why have I never uh, done this? So it made me think of that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and my tip is is also related to 75 hard. So something I've been doing is you have to drink a gallon of water a day. And it sounds like so much water and it really is not. It's actually easier than you think, but I can tell you my body, I feel so much better by drinking water. Like it is, it's amazing. Like it, it, it's a uh, wake up call for like how dehydrated I've been over the last, you know, 39 years of my life. So <laughs> I, I recommend like try drinking a gallon of, of water a day, just start early and it's way easier than you might think. So that's my tip of the week, gallon of water. So from 75 hard. Ryan, I am not just saying this. I promise. Uh, promise you, this is true. This is one of already one of my favorite episodes. It's really cool. The more I get to talk to you, the more I like you. 
uh, the more I like Filevine. It is just, it, it's it's really cool because like we started this six years ago and like I haven't met, I met you probably maybe four years ago, three, four years ago, but seeing your growth has been really cool. Even from seeing you speak last year at MaxLawCon, right? Like I could see the difference in your ability to speak. I, I think I, I even said to Jim, like he must be getting speaking classes or something because he is really, <laughs> really good. So it's really cool to watch you grow, watch Filevine grow. It's It's so great. So just uh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you both. Uh, love you guys in the community and so glad to be a part of it. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Good luck with the baby. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. The Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.